the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program, because it's Thursday, it's the date day edition of the show, The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and we're here to take your phone calls and answer your questions. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're wondering about, we'll do the best that we can to provide the answers. But uh, ladies, this is a day that we set aside especially for you, not exclusively, but especially for you. We hope that you're encouraged. That's what Paula does the best. And anything that's on your heart or mind, we will do the very best that we can to help. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Uh, You can send your questions in via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. And if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now button uh, on your application, and you will be connected directly to the studio. Paula, it's your day. Yes, it is, but it's really your day because today is the men's retreat start. See, you've been in a good mood all day because you're getting rid of me right after the program. Pretty much I'm in a good mood every day, Pastor Ron. <laughs> but I'm excited for you guys. And like I told some of the guys at the at the front of the church, come back better. I also <laughs> told that to David Ryan, who we saw at the pancake house this morning, come back better. So come back better. So, yeah, I'm excited for you all to go away. Where's the love? <laughs> You're putting a lot of pressure on us. <laughs> No, hey, you'll, uh, you'll be you know, good. If, if anybody, uh, the men in the audience, if you still want to go, you can get to Camp Buckner. Um, registration is at 5 o'clock. Um, you can pay while you're there. Believe me, you will be blessed. We've got some um, information that some radio listeners are going to be there. Uh, so you won't be the only one that doesn't know anybody, but you won't be a stranger for more than about 10 minutes. Uh, Pastor Tim Burns from Calvary Chapel in Tyler, Texas, is going to be our speaker. We've got to spend most of the day with Tim today. How, how did Tim horn in on our date day? You invited him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, 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 we're excited about what the Lord is going to do. And those of you, obviously, who can't go, would you keep us in your prayer Um, we see God literally move mountains at these retreats, changes people's lives, uh, not only for time, but for eternity. Mm -hmm. Uh, People always get saved. You'd think at a men's retreat, they would all be Christians. They're not. Uh, People always get saved. The afterglow Friday night, if you're going to have only one time that you can pray, then, then maybe starting about 8.30 on Friday night, that would be the time to pray, because that's when God sort of works everything together and, and really sort of slices and dices in a really good way the men's hearts. So uh, that would be the time to pray. Well, Paula, I said it's your show. What's on your heart? I know the men's retreat is. You're going to be together with some ladies. A bunch of ladies. A bunch tonight. of ladies mm-hmm. in our church are getting together. Mm-hmm. It seems like you guys are way too happy that we leave. Well... When you leave, I whine until you're back. 
when I leave, yeah. you're like, the house is decorated. Mm -hmm. There's stuff in there that isn't usually there. Yeah. You know why? Because these are things we don't really do on a regular basis. We love our husbands and our families, and we're all about serving you guys. But when you're gone... <laughs> oh, so that's when you get fleshy and selfish. <laughs> oh, I understand yeah, now. At our women's retreat, too, because other people are cooking and cleaning up after us and making the beds and stuff. And, and you know, you, you men are at home with the kids again. So there's two times a year where we're like, this is nice. No offense. I'll miss you after all the girls go home. I'll, I'll miss you really, really a lot. And then I'll go to sleep. And then I'll make myself stay in and sleep in tomorrow. And then when I wake up, in the daytime, then I'll miss you really again. And then when it gets dark on Friday, I'll really miss you. And then it'll be time for you to be home. So, See, pretty it's good. not fair. When, when, when you have the women's retreats, yeah. we men are, not, not me, because our kids are grown and gone. Yeah. But the, the men spend the entire day chasing kill children, pulling their hair out of their heads, <laughs> and thinking, come home, come home. That's right. And then you appreciate your wives all the more. It's so nice. It's, see, I appreciate yeah. you every minute of every day. <laughs> Unlike you. Yes. I'm not happy when you leave. <laughs> <laughs> What's in your heart, Paul? Um, you know, talking about the men's retreat, as I was decorating for my company tonight, I came across our Terry's thoughts on the men's retreat from, I don't remember how many years ago, maybe four or five, probably. Um, but I'm going to read part of his, his testimony about it. He says, I received an email one day in which my mom invited my brother Ronnie and I to the men's retreat. My brother responded right away because he was out of, of a job at the time. Um, but, he, uh, but it took me some time to sort out my schedule to be able to attend. Without giving much thought to the actual content of the retreat, I agreed to conspire with my mom to pull off a stealth mission to Texas to surprise both my dad and brother. I guess I liked the sneakiness involved and also figured it would be a nice time to uh, spend with my family, something that doesn't happen often enough. Before I knew it, it was time to board the plane for San Antonio and meet my co-conspirators. After briefly hiding out at the airport to avoid having our cover blown, I met Juan, Louis, Peter, and Sean in the getaway car, actually a minivan. <laughs> These guys were quote-unquote different, but immediately made me feel welcome and comfortable. They shared stories, jokes, movie quotes, and testimonies with me on the ride out to the retreat. They seemed more like long-lost friends than strangers. That's why it's important to come to the men's retreat. This is, this is my little added to you men out there. Um, because you might go thinking you're not going to have friends. Um, you're going to be just a stranger in the group. Pastor Ron's been telling you all week, you'll be a stranger for about a second. So anyway, my son was a stranger for about a second. For me, it was a perfect introduction to what lie ahead of me for the weekend. After a lot of planning and deception, the surprise went off flawlessly. My dad and brother were both shocked that I showed up at the camp and we had a nice few moments together before the retreat officially began. I still hadn't given much thought to the content of the retreat. Then I realized that I had already accomplished what I came to do, but the reason everyone else was there hadn't yet begun. I began to settle in and quickly met a bunch of new people who already seemed to know me. This is a strange feeling, but somewhat comforting once you accept it. The retreat kicked off on Thursday night, and it had a different feel for me than any other times I had gone to, quote, unquote, church. I was more open, less defensive than usual. I think this had a lot to do with the guys who picked me up at the airport and the warm reception I received when I arrived at the retreat. My guard was down, and I simply was there to listen and learn. And you talked about the afterglow being so important. Terry says, the afterglow was particularly enlightening and emotional. The main thing that I took away from it was the simple fact that there were a bunch of regular guys doing the best they can with the daily struggles of life. That may sound insignificant, but to me it was somewhat profound and something I could relate to. Some of the men shared things that struck close to home as a working man with a family. Other stories struck me right in the heart as I listened to the struggles that some there were going through. This is real life that people have to cope with. 
It was quite amazing to see what these men would trust Jesus with in their lives. It is also extremely rare to be around a group of guys that are being open and honest about their shortcomings. It was as if all the men there stopped and asked for driving directions at the same time. It was actually very refreshing. Yeah. The retreat ended on Saturday after another intentionally and unintentionally hilarious yet meaningful message by the pastor, followed by some wonderful music by Juan De Niro. That was his name for uh, the Latino Johnny Cash, whose real name I can't recall. That's David Marquez. David Marquez. Yeah. After an enjoyable ride back to San Antonio, some time well spent with my family, and Sunday morning service with tons of hugs, handshakes, and pressure to have more babies. That was from Jocelyn. (laughs) I headed back home. Although I cannot say that I have been saved, I could not escape the fact that the biggest surprise of the weekend seemed to be on me. For that, I thank everyone who conspired to bring me to Texas. P.S. The brisket was the best I've ever had. (laughs) See, what do they know in California about brisket? That's right. Well, you know what's interesting about that, Paul, is is Terry is our unsaved son. Yeah. Um, He is the nicest kid in the world. Uh, You couldn't, as a dad, you couldn't be more proud of a son than I am of him. But... You know, it's hard sometimes for nice people to come to faith in Christ because they got to realize that there's nothing good in them. Mm-hmm. And Terry's struggling with that now. He's getting closer and closer and closer. Uh, as time comes, God's kind of got him in the vice. You know, when mom is praying, God is, is hearing and answering those prayers. But uh, that's an interesting perspective from somebody who isn't part of our church, but also somebody who isn't a part of God's family. And yet what he saw was real. You know, one of the things, Paul, that people always accuse Christians of being, you were hypocrites. There's nothing but hypocrites there. Uh, well, all of those hypocrites are open and telling the truth. And in the, in the, the result was, uh, I think one of the words that Terry used was the afterglow was so raw. Mm-hmm. It was just men getting right with God. And that's what we're going there to accomplish. We want to have people um, um, have their hearts sliced. We, we want the conviction of the Holy Spirit to fall so that those burdens can be lifted. Uh, we, we want them to, to get direction for their lives. We, we want God to answer the questions that have been rattling around in their hearts and in their minds for some time. Um, questions that in many cases they haven't been able to hear the answers to because their walk with God was encumbered by sin. And it's amazing how when people say, I'm sorry, I'm guilty, please forgive me, Lord. It's like the the gates open Mm -hmm. and God does a marvelous thing. And uh, as I said earlier, people always get saved at the retreats. It's usually on that Friday night after they've had um, uh, four sessions of teaching. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, they've had great fellowship with other men who love the Lord. Uh, that's really what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, You know, uh, at church, you always give an altar call. And so much of the time, it's mostly just the women who are ready to be open and honest. Lord, I need help. And they're not ashamed to admit that. But there's a whole lot of times when I'm saying, where are the men? Because we're, we're the proud jerks. Well, see, <laughs> at the at the retreat, though. You know, like just like with Terry, I think Terry's at that place now where he heard all those men confessing their shortcomings. That really blew him away. Well, at the retreat, the men can now, you know, maybe without their wives and their kids around, be a little more free. Um, and so that's that's my prayer that that men will be. Yeah, you know, though you said without their wives and kids around, some of the men, in fact, a lot of the men will have their their high school senior age kids with them, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, the the males. And um, uh, one of the things that has always struck me as as so important is in terms of setting an example is these men will get up knowing their sons are in the room, mm-hmm. not sitting next to them because mm-hmm. they're they're with other younger people. But that with their kids in the room, they will confess their failures of a, as a father or as a husband or um, repent of, of sin that they've been hiding. And, you know, when a kid hears his dad say that, um, you know, the world would say, well, that's embarrassing. You don't want to share everything with your kids. And again, there's no salacious details. That's not the point. Yeah. But, but the idea here is that, that a son gets to see how a godly man behaves. Mm-hmm. 
And when a godly man is filled with sin, then he repents and he is perfect again in the eyes of God. The relationship is completely and fully restored and um, the burdens are lifted. Yeah, yeah. It's just a wonderful thing. Um, And so I'm, I'm happy, not that you're leaving Pastor Ron, but that, you know, a lot of the ladies, not just at our house, but many others, they get together and whenever it's time for the sessions or even before or enduring, we are praying, Lord, you know, you've created these men to be godly men. They desire, because they're there, um, to hear from you. Lord, you know, open their hearts, open their minds that they would hear from you and and be changed. You know, I mean, they you guys really want to be godly men. You really want to be um, those leaders in your home so the wife can look at you with with love and respect the kids want to have a changed dad because of the some of the things that they're going to be confessing but at the same time we are at home praying lord help us let us be changed so when our men come home we're different you know and so it's humble us lord as well let us come to the altar let us um be women that will be those help meets to our husband or, you know, help, yeah, just help you guys out. So it's not just all about, even though I'm, I'm kidding around when I say you guys come back better. I'm not kidding around, but <laughs> you're not, may no, you, you're not. Yeah, no, I'm not. But may we come home. You come if, home. If you have better. any questions, uh, ladies, if you need any encouragement, you have some questions for Paula, 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-5757. I'm going to put you on the spot, Paula. Okay. Okay. What do you want me to come home changed? Or how do you want me to come home changed? Hmm. Um, no high school football. Okay, hey. What? No, you're pretty awesome. No high school football. Because <laughs> it's football season? But not high we school. Watch, we watch pro and college, but no high school football. I'm but there. see, that's when I'm with Jesus. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a football fan. Yeah. No, um, let me see. With you, I'm pretty. I'm pretty content. You know. Oh, let me tell the radio audience, listening audience, because I don't think you shared this. He went to the doctor on Monday, and the doctor said he could do all the things that he wants to do now. So he's back at the gym working out. Um, he can lift weights now, um, and so all the heavy lifting that I've been doing around our house, poor me. Uh, he can now help me out with that. So, yeah, Pastor Ron is okay. Yeah, for for four months, Paula has had to to lift the the sparkless water bottles, those five gallon water bottles, because normally that's a man's job. You know, I'm a yeah, man; yeah, I can yeah. lift stuff. That's right. But that's for right. Four, look how buff you are because you for seven months I've been having to do that. Huh? <laughs> but he's back, everybody, and and seriously, thank you all for your prayers for um, Pastor Ron and his his lovely bride because you know I need him. So just come home. <laughs> yeah, you'll take me anyway. You're like Jesus. You'll take me anywhere I am. Huh? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's on email to bring him home safely. Yes, email bring him home safely. God bless you. (laughs) Okay, so now you want me to say what I want to talk about? Okay, besides the men's retreat. Okay, character building. Let me see. Do I want to do that one first? Or do I want to do, no, let's do superheroes first. Because I got to to hear Sunday that I'm a superhero. You know, like Wonder Woman sort of. Kind of. Um, in Romans 8, you said we are all superheroes. Yeah, but let, let me stop you. Okay. I'm Mighty Mouse. You're Mrs. Mighty Mouse. I'm all right. Okay. That's the you way just I rescue me on the, on the train tracks. Here the train I come to come. save the day. That's right. And see, that's what we're supposed to be. Yeah. Jesus said we are. Yeah. So I am a superhero because Jesus lives in me. And um, he's the real superhero. I was delivered from being a wretch into a super hero. And I, I'm, I'm really kind of fascinated with well, this. Our, our producer just told me our uh, Mighty Mouse's wife's name okay. is Pearl Pure Heart. Pearl Pure Heart. Precious Pearl Pure Heart. That's my name. Precious. So <laughs> we have a lot in common. The P word. Thank you so much. Um, but having the Lord having made me a superhero, um, 
for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You know, and, and if you'll take the moment as a Christian to stop and let the Lord show you how he's changed you, that's really kind of cool. Um, that's what I've been praying for several years because I've been thinking, man, I'm still the same, you know. But I kind of look the same in the mirror and I kind of sound the same, except that some people told me today I have the strongest Texas accent, southern accent. I was like, well, anyway, they're saved, but I couldn't get well, over that. Barely. They're from New York. <laughs> but being predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So I'm looking more like Jesus every day that I'm with him um, and to make him the priority in my life. And so as he is being made the priority or has been made the priority in my life, um, I'm also uh, called, I'm justified, and I'm glorified. What? <laughs> you know, Paula, the people who uh, um, are, are, are lost sometimes, and I'm not changing fast enough, I'm not, nothing is different. Um, those are the people who typically are spending uh, way too much time with themselves mm -hmm. and way too little time with Jesus. You know, we Americans, we want quick fixes to things. Oh, I know. Cliff and, notes. Yeah. And the, 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 the problem with quick fixes is they never last. Mm -hmm. You know, we can get a shot of spiritual adrenaline, mm -hmm. but, but it never lasts. Tough times come. First um, Corinthians says it's required that every man, and mm -hmm. I will add woman here, given a trust by God must prove faithful. And, and tests are difficult and they're painful. And when we get tested, we, we have a tendency to, to, to run to that safe place. And, and that's not where Jesus is. So what we have to do is spend more time with him. And what I said in the Bible study on Sunday is that every one of us ought to be a whole lot more like Jesus right now today than we were when we got saved. Mm -hmm. but, but even closer to the point, we ought to be more like Jesus today than we were yesterday. And every day we're not more like Jesus, it's because we're not spending time with him. We're lost in our own problems. We're lost in, in, in our own desires. We, we, we are pursuing worldly or fleshy things. Uh, and, and then we, we're not. And, and we kind of cool off in our walk. That's why Paul says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to be with him to do that. Otherwise, it's just going to be hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to go to, you know, when I get in the car and I'm going to go to the grocery store or wherever I'm going first, because we used to be really, really poor. First thing I say is, thank you, Jesus. I can go to the store and I can go down all the aisles. And if I really want something or need something, I can get it, you know. And um, but I'm in there the whole time. Lord, I want your eyes so that if I do, if you have an appointment for me, that I don't miss it. Um, and so I'm always on the lookout and it was, I had the nicest compliment because some people from our church saw me at the grocery store and I didn't see them, but because I did, the reason I didn't see them is because I was talking with and then praying with another lady and I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I miss you. They're like, no, 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 no. You were doing what you do. <laughs> what a great compliment is that, you know? But the Lord is so faithful that if you go with him, wherever it is you go, um, with Thanksgiving, he's going to make sure you get an appointment. And um, he, he never fails me. So, yes, I'm more like him. You know, that's exactly why Paul, Paul says to Philemon that I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're not sharing, it's because we don't get it. Mm. You know, we, we can have intellectual assent mm -hmm. to what Jesus has done for us, but we don't really get it unless we're, we're willing to, to share this treasure with others. Yeah, yeah. Another one yesterday, yesterday, yeah, at the gym. This one lady, she, she knows who we are, you know, and um, she's asking me for prayer. And I said, okay, but he wants you to be able to pray. Yeah, but it's better for, you know, more than one. But she's not a believer. And so, but she wasn't getting it, you know, as far as, but Jesus wants you to be able to ask him yourself. And she just, 
she just went on and we've had other discussions so she she knows what I'm talking about and, but she just didn't want to hear it she just wanted me to pray for her but that's what I've learned from you um, when people will ask you the pastor you know you have a connection with God to pray for them I've heard you say but Jesus wants to have a relationship with you he wants to hear from you yeah but you know you have the end with him pastor Ron. Nobody has. I, I I hate it when people treat treat us sometimes like a, a spiritual rabbit's foot. Yeah. You know, you, you've got the hookup, so yeah. so um, God will listen to you. Yeah. Well, here's what my prayer is going to be: God, have your way with this person, whatever the name is, mm-hmm. and and whatever that is, Lord, then bring him or bring her mm-hmm. to you, so that they can have their own line of communication yeah. open with you. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine. Well, yes, I can, because I remember what life was like before I had a relationship with Christ. Yes, yes, cross your finger, hope to die kind of thing, you know. Um, but now I know he hears me. And I know sometimes when I just go, oh, man, he's, he's interpreting that on my behalf. And there's, some, there's this way too many times when I haven't, for instance, seen someone, and it's like, Lord, my heart is hurting for that person. Or, that happened last night. Yeah. You get to see somebody that you've been praying for for a long time. He just brings them back. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in today's program. 340-9585 for your live calls or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. It's the date day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. Lord willing, we will be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the last half hour of the date day program, 340-9585. Have I said this, Paula? What? It's your show. Yes, I appreciate it. There's a lot and of I have something to say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, I want to be sure to hit this thing. Um, in verse 31 of chapter 8 of Romans, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And you went off, Pastor Rob. <laughs> you just went off. It was awesome. I have a tendency to do that. You said, this is a life-changing verse, which means God is for me. God is for me. And then in verse 32, because before you said, When the devil or the world tries to distract us, remember Verse 32, so you won't be discouraged. And verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Go on, Pastor Ron, take off on that. (laughs) (laughs) You said, you said, no, really, you said, since God gave us his most valuable treasure in Jesus, doesn't it make sense that he will give us whatever we need to succeed? One of Paul's favorite uh, stylistic uh, issues is is are presenting arguments from the greater to the lesser, mm-hmm. and and it's just pure and simple logic. And what he's saying is, look, I know things are hard now. The context of Romans eight, we forget it because of all these great verses. We know God works all things oh, together yeah. for the good of those mm-hmm. who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. We go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's talking about suffering. Mm-hmm. In those times of suffering, in those times where we're feeling persecuted, um, we know that God is. In control, we know that behind the scenes, he's got us in his hand, mm. and and the, the the logic continues in that thirty second verse. Uh, if God started out our relationship by giving him by giving us the best thing he has, the mm-hmm. most viable thing, he emptied. I often say the vault of heaven mm-hmm. to save us. Mm-hmm. Well, won't he also? Doesn't it make sense that he would also give you what you need in your time of difficulty? Mm-hmm. And he's just asking us to believe that. Yeah. And, and and then a few verses later, he comes to the conclusion that, no, we're more than conquerors. We're superheroes. Superhero, baby. Him, That's right. He loved us. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's something that we have to believe by faith. And when I said, this is a life-changing verse, Romans 8, 31, mm-hmm. uh, you have to believe it. it, it it's no, the words on the page have no value. 
You have to believe it. Every promise that God has given us, every gift God has given us, every calling God has given us has to be received by faith. That means we have to believe in spite of the circumstances. And the only way we can do that is to spend time with Jesus, give him the opportunity to protect us and deliver us from these times of trial. Mm -hmm. And when he does, we say, hey, Thank you, Lord. That was pretty cool. And, 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 you know, what I always say, we fall more in love with him a little bit every day because he does more for us every day. The problem is we're usually not in the place that we have to be mm-hmm. in order to have God do what he wants to do. Yeah. I know. Paul, I've got a call on, uh, from Johnson City, so let's take it and then we'll okay. go back. Let's go to Wes calling from Johnson City. Wes, we're going to be up in your area very soon. Excellent. Are you going to the retreat, Wes? Know about that, huh? (laughs) Are you going to the retreat out there? I'm ready. Just tell me when and where. (laughs) What's up, Wes? Be there, be square. Yeah. (laughs) No, I was just uh, had something on my mind. I just got out of a uh, retirement home, talking to some elderly people, some some loved ones of mine, some family. And, uh, you know, they're, they're reaching up there um, in the years. And I know, you know, they're saved. And we got on the subject of what it takes uh, to be accepted into heaven. And we talked about that. We touched on that. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I hear Paula. Hi, Paula. And Hi, I, I heard Paula talking about relationship. And my concern is these people are believers in Christ and the finished work of Jesus Christ. They know that we can't be good enough to go into heaven, that we're depending on Jesus. And uh, my concern is uh, relationship. And I've heard Paula talking about relationship over and over in your broadcast today. And uh, that's my concern because I'm just wondering, you know, when God sees the heart, we see the outward appearance. But uh, I know that God is looking at us believers, and uh, something uh, you know come to mind, and that is relationship. And my concern with many are uh, would be their relationship. And I just wanted you to touch on that uh, to where you know my concern is. Yes, they're believers. They believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ, and that's the only way we're going to be accepted by His, his sacrifice. And uh, But my concern is I don't see, you know, of course, I'm a man looking at the outward appearance, but my concern is what about the relationship? Yeah, they're believers, but, uh, you know, I'm just uh, wanting to be assured that these loved ones are going to heaven, and my concern is is their relationship. And if yeah, you could Wes, just I, say a, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I can, we will. But let, let me first say bless your heart for, for going to visit people in nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paula's, uh, Paula and my first ministry was a nursing home ministry. That's the first thing that we ever did together mm-hmm. as husband and wife when I was a brand new believer. And I did it until I went away to Bible college. So uh, oh, those wow. people are lonely. They, they need help. Yes. And, yes. and God bless you for being there for them. I can't tell you how many families abandon uh, their family members uh, just because it's so awkward and inconvenient and uncomfortable to be in those places. So thank you for that. You know, one of the things, Wes, that I, I do, and, and I think with older people especially, it's important. Now, I'm an older person, so I'm an expert here. But but here's the thing. When, when you're older, you don't have a lot of time, and you want to use all the time that you have. Until God's done with you, you want to use all of the time that you have. And when I tell older people all the time, and they'll say, well, you know, I'm saved, but I really haven't done anything for the Lord, and I haven't lived the way God wants me to live, I, I, I'll tell them. And I, I, this, when they're old, it's time to be candid. And here's what I say. You can take this. It may sound tough, but you can take it. Don't waste one more minute. All of that can be wiped away. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I didn't press in on this relationship. I didn't do the things that you wanted me to do. I just was content to to get to heaven, and I'm no longer content like that. And even in a nursing home, ministry can be really, really fruitful. They can turn into prayer warriors. And I've seen older lives transformed time and time again simply by somebody being there to exhort them to, to say, don't, don't waste another minute. Don't get ripped off for one more minute. Now, as what it takes to be saved, if they're born again, 
They've given their heart to Jesus, and that's the question to ask. Not are you saved, not are you a Christian, but are you born again? Jesus said in John chapter 3, he said it twice, that except a man be born again, he will in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. So you tell them very simply that if you're born again, you're going to go to heaven regardless of what you've done or haven't done. The truth is there's going to be a whole lot of people when they get to heaven and they stand before God in the judgment seat uh, of Christ. Uh, they're going to lose a lot of rewards. God has great things for them. And because they were unwilling to do it, Paul says, and this is the way I paraphrase the passage, uh, you're, you're going to heaven, but you're going to be in the smoking section. You know, get there as one barely escaping the flames. Because we're saved not by what we do. We're saved by who we believe in. And belief has to be action. Um, you know, believing is a verb. And so it has to t- to take action. And I, I don't think, and this is a sad thing to say, the state of our churches is such that that message is just not being communicated to people. And a lot of times people, as they grow older, uh, simply don't know any better because they haven't been taught any better. And God can use you to constantly exhort them and to encourage them uh, to, to develop that relationship. They're going to need it as they get older, as their body begins to wear out, as things get tougher. They're going to need to know that Jesus is there with his arms around them. They're going to need to know that that he's going to take them at one point into heaven to be with him, but he's with them now. And most of the time, people um, who haven't been taught, most of the time, they sort of treat Jesus like an eternal life insurance policy. And they don't know anything about the relationship part of it. And our job, those of us who are left here and who love them, our job is to convince them that they're getting ripped off. Paul, you want to add anything to that? Yeah. You know, when we did the um, nursing home ministry back in the day, Wes, um, I didn't know too many old hymns. But the few that I did know, when I would start singing them, the elderly people just perked right up because they remembered those old hymns. And so I would suggest that and also to get them involved, uh, take them a couple of names to pray for, and you pray with them the first time. Mm-hmm. That, will inc- that will encourage them to begin that relationship. And just if they might be uncomfortable praying, just tell them, you're just talking to Jesus. He knows you. He doesn't care how the style is. Just start talking to him. And that will kind of help um, make Jesus and their communication with him real again. Just like talking yeah. to husband and wife, we could talk to Jesus. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm encouraged because Jesus, Jesus says um, nothing will separate us from the love of God. So there just keep go. reminding them that Jesus loves them. Yeah. And um, he will give them the up, the um, ability to love him back. Pray that pray that with them. Lord, help me to yeah. love you. Yeah. And, and Wes, yeah. the relationship is not works. Works result from the relationship, mm-hmm. but but the relationship is what saves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just real real quick, I'm just a little concerned because I see you know Jesus is is not at the forefront. I see them watching their TV shows and talking about everything else under the sun, even though they're believers. And in the back of my mind, I'm going, are these people born again? Uh, you know, simply, I don't know. I don't know the heart. I don't see it like God sees it. And I'm just hoping that they are born again. But, uh, you know, they're, they just seem to be so distracted in these other things, like these uh, television shows and this, that, and the other. And it just seems like it's not on the forefront. You, it just makes you wonder, yeah. are they born again? Yeah, Wes, two things. I One hope they is, are. Yeah, two things. One's really important. Um, um, if you want to know if they're born again, ask them directly. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't hope. Don't pray. Mm-hmm. Ask them directly and tell them, I know I'm born again. I know I'm going to heaven. And I don't want to even begin to imagine heaven without you. So I want to know if you're born again. And open the passage in John chapter 3 when he's talking to Nicodemus and, and just ask the question, are you born again? And then let them know yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that God has so much more for them. Here's the real tragedy. There are untold millions of Christians who are saved by a stranger. They know he's Mm -hmm. Lord. They know he's the Savior, but they don't know him. They're known by him, and they're going to get to heaven. Uh, There's a bunch of one-talent Christians, um, but, but 
heaven is going to be so much richer for those who, when they get there, are going to um, know the one that they're talking to. One other piece of, of, of counsel, Wes, is I always, in, especially when people are getting really, really close, uh, I always read Revelation chapter 1, the description mm-hmm. that begins in verse 10, mm-hmm. the description of Jesus. And, and here's what I tell them, now, especially in my role as a pastor, when I'm talking with people from Calvary Chapel. I say, look, I'm going to read something to you, and I want you to listen very closely because God knows what church you go to, and when you get to heaven, I don't want you to act like you don't know what's going on. (laughs) So I read that glorious description of Jesus, and then I make that person real to them. You're going to meet this one whose face shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. You're going to meet the one who has a voice that sounds like many rushing waters. One of the things I like to tell people is, you know, we're going to get a new name in heaven. Can you imagine you getting a new name from a voice? it sounds like rushing waters Mm -hmm. and I want Jesus to become real to them and that way he can provide comfort the the problem with older people especially as they are approaching the end is there's no comfort from a stranger they they may be going to heaven and heaven of course will be eternal rest but there's no comfort available from a stranger they just need to get to know him so help them keep praying for him but ask him directly Wes thank you very much I appreciate yes, your call Wes God thank bless. you thank you both God bless you Three four zero ninety five eighty five for your live calls you wanted to say something you said exactly what I was going to suggest how See? you read the description that's one flesh that's one flesh right <laughs> there babe. yeah Paula we got an important question anonymously from our email inbox uh, do you, Pastor Ron and Paul, in parentheses, uh, do you give marriage counseling to couples who do not attend your church? My marriage is in trouble. I know your story, and I think our marriage would benefit from your counsel. I am praying you can help us. Uh, anonymous, um, we do occasionally, as the Lord leads. Um, you can imagine we have uh, a whole bunch of people here, and, and our first ministry is to them, and sometimes time doesn't permit. But here's what I can promise you. Uh, if your schedule and our schedule doesn't work together, uh, we'll get somebody here uh, from the church. One of our pastors, Pastor Ken, is uh, a wonderful counselor. We'll get somebody who will counsel with you. But here's, let me, let me give you a couple of things to think about. Um, your, your marriage is in trouble. Whether it's your fault or his fault, it doesn't matter. Uh, your marriage is in trouble because you're not being obedient to the Lord. Your marriage is in trouble because at heart we are all selfish jerks or jerkettes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do the disputes come from, James says? They come because you don't get your de- the desires of your heart. You don't get what you want. We're yeah. selfish that way. Um, I will also say this. When I do marriage counseling, uh, I'm about as direct as it's humanly possible to be. And here's what I will say. I will begin the marriage counseling session this way. Um, God wants you to honor him. Uh, I'm assuming for th- yeah, that you're both ask. believers. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, um, God wants to fix things. He wants your marriage to be a, a, a fair representation of his heart. And if you do what God says, your marriage will get better. If you don't do what God says, it's going to get worse. Yep. Because what God is doing in situations like this many times is drawing people to him through the difficulty of their circumstance. He wants you to be desperate enough to cry out for help. If you and your husband, Anonymous, are that desperate, uh, call the church office, 658-8337, and tell somebody that you called me on the radio, uh, and give us a phone number, and I will contact you, and Paula and I will try to work out a time in our schedule that works for you guys. Um, But we're going to make sure that you're both born-again Christians, and if you're born-again Christians, and if you tell me that, my next question is going to be, then why aren't you doing what he tells you to do? Mm-hmm. So we, we would do that. Uh, it may not be um, um, tomorrow. If, or in fact, we're going to be gone. But mm-hmm. um, we, we'll do that. Um, I, I just feel like uh, the, the Lord wants to help yeah. if you believe, if you have faith. Paul? Mm-hmm. The, the suggestion I would have as well is we have three Sunday morning services, 830, 1015, and 1159. And so um, if you guys are really, really serious, I would suggest you be at any one of those services on Sunday. Let us get to meet you um, so that we don't just come in without any knowledge of who you are and, and how interested are you in really fixing your marriage because putting Jesus first is the key. So um, either Sunday morning at 8.30, 10.15 or 11.59. Um, but if you have a church already, 
don't know why you can't go to your own pastor, but um, yeah, call the church Monday because our guys will be at the retreat. Um, but yeah, Sunday morning would be the best. And please come up front and meet Pastor Ron and, and me. Yeah, and we'll and do actually, what we can. Actually, I'll be here, but I had the day off on Sunday because Pastor Tim is going to be teaching. Mm-hmm. So we can spend a little bit of time and talk to you. I'd love to do that. Um, Paula, we just had another call, Anonymous. Uh, it says, I just heard you talk about when people get to heaven, there's going to be a war. What kind of war will it be? I, I think I just didn't speak clearly enough. Okay. I said reward. Yeah, reward. R-E-W-A-R-D. Okay. And maybe I was speaking too quickly. Um, we're going to stand before the Lord at the Bama seat. That's the judgment seat of Christ. It's not a judgment for our salvation. It's a, 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 a reward ceremony where we're going to receive and lose rewards. And the idea, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and Romans chapter 12. The, the idea here is that um, our works are going to be tested for what quality they are, whether they're good or bad. The literal Greek translation is good or good for nothing. And um, we're going to find out if the, the, the works are, are wood, hay, and stubble, or if they're, they're precious metal or gold works. The idea, are they going to stand the test? Now, what I mean by that is when you did something, even if it was something good, what was your motive? If your motive was to get attention, if your motive was to be spiritual, if you were motivated by guilt to do something good for somebody, there's no reward for that. If you give at your church and your motive is, well, I feel guilty if I don't give, or that I gave because they pressured me to give, or I give because I'd feel terrible if I didn't, well, then there's no reward. But if you give because you, you understand that everything belongs to Jesus, then you will receive rewards. And, and Anonymous, the thing that, that drives my life, what, whatever life I have left, the thing that drives my life is that when Jesus opens that reward cabinet that he has for me, whatever it is, I don't want him to say, I had this for you, Ron. He'll call me by my new name, by the way. I have this for you, Ron. But you didn't do it, so I have to give this reward to somebody who was faithful. And to see him give something that he intended for me to somebody else, not in a selfish sense, but in a heartbroken, disappointed sense, will be almost more than we can bear. He'll wipe away every tear in heaven, but make no mistake, on that day of judgment there's going to be a tear. Because we're going to realize how much he had for us that we were unwilling to participate in. How much he had for us that would have resulted in marvelous blessing. But the quality of our work is going to be tested. So not war, reward. Mm -hmm. And you know what he's going to do at the end of that? Even if he takes away some rewards, Paul, what he's going to say is, enter into the rest and peace of your Lord. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's all I want to hear is well done. A good and faithful. Yeah, I'm not that ambitious. I want to say nice try. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're inside five minutes. This half hour is sped by, Paul. It's so. going by pretty quick, yeah. huh? I'm having fun. That's what happens. <laughs> you know, time flies when you're having fun. Um, last night in the First Samuel teaching, I was thinking of David and his men are the lost, the hungry, the hurting, the broken, the needy, and the confused. You know, and um, that Discontent, David, distressed, and in debt. In debt, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and as... David was being trained to be the leader. His men were being trained to be good followers. And that kind of reminds me of, of, of even the church or even at the retreat this weekend. I'm really on this retreat thing, huh? It's important. <laughs> it does change life. You're just thinking, only four minutes till he's gone. <laughs> oh, that's not it. No. Um, but, you know, David... He ran to the cave, and what you were saying last night, there are times when we all want to run away from our problems, finding and hiding in what we think are safe place, but God did not let David stay in that cave, and he doesn't let us stay in our caves. Um, He said, no, 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 I want you to go out and face that trial, face that giant, face that bear, face King Saul. Um, And so, you know, life is... Life is hard. As a Christian, it's hard. And so some people will say, well, why do I want to be a Christian then? Here's the answer. It's much harder when you're not. You know what? You know, I, it always frustrates me. You see, you know, it's hard to live a Christian life. It's much harder if you're not. Mm-hmm. 
because you're on your own and the best we can do we've demonstrated over and over isn't very good so what we do is we just rest in him let him do the work we just have to be with him where he is have i said that before uh yes <laughs> jbwj just be with jesus <laughs> a time or two i think um yeah but the lord's you know, going to take care of us and, and i think something important to acknowledge here to the, to the audience you know those those men of david's the, the 400 initial men those who were distressed and discontent and in debt mm-hmm. um from god's perspective and that's what the, the 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 chronicles are about it's god's perspective of the, the the reign of the kings from god's perspective those were the men that had faces of lions mm-hmm. they were the men who were valiant warriors mm-hmm. we know them as david's mighty men mm-hmm. men of renown mm-hmm. and and you know they started out pretty pitiful yeah yeah because even in that cave one of those caves you know Saul comes in there and you know he's believing himself and David in a weak moment goes and cuts off his robe kind of like I coulda woulda shoulda but because the men were telling him you know let's get this dude gone and we'll be you'll be king and we'll be your your men and life will be better Mm -hmm. Uh, and and David you know he kind of fell for that for a moment but then, like you're saying, the men stood up and, you know, repented in front of their children, at, even at the retreat. David had to turn and say, no, 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 no. I will not touch God's anointing. J- just to set the record straight? Yes. He cut the hem of the robe off uh-huh. when he was asleep, not when he was relieving himself. Oh. That was the, that was the first That was time. another one? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's hard to be sneaky while the guy's standing there relieving himself. Yeah. But the idea is... <laughs> That, yeah, when, you got a point. When, that's when his people said, kill him. God's delivered him in your yeah, hands. Let's yeah. take him now. Yeah. And it would have been so easy to say, yes, he's my enemy. He's trying to kill me, so uh-huh. let me get him first. Yeah. That's the humanness that we have to die to yeah. when we're in those difficult situations. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so when did he take the jug and the, and the, when it, the, all the people were around him and Saul was sleeping in the middle? When was that? That was later after he was relieving himself. Okay. Okay, see, I love this show, Pastor Ron, because if, <laughs> if I don't do it right, you get to clean it up. I love, no pressure on me. Thank you so much, sir. We're inside one minute. Okay, so um, go to the retreat. That's it? Come back better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, just a quick reminder, we have no church on Friday night here because oh, we'll, right. we'll, men will be at the men's retreat. Um, so our next service will be Sunday morning at 8.30, 10.15, and 11.59. Uh, my good friend, Pastor Tim Brown, or Tim Burns, or, rather, he, from Calvary Chapel Tyler. I've been calling him Tim Tyler yes. for some reason. For, mm-hmm. But but Tim Burns will be here, and uh, you will love to hear him teach. I promise you, you will be blessed. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. It's been a great week. Um, we'll be praying for you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. God bless you. Love you guys. I'll be praying. You guys be praying, too. We'll see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.